I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, and welcome back to The Carol Markowitz Show on iHeartRadio. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that I love to ask guests to provide a life-improving tip. I really enjoyed compiling these. I think that the tip I hear about most often that people have implemented in their own lives is from my very first episode. My guest was my fantastic friend, Buck Sexton, and he said to read before bed. Now, obviously, that's not rocket science, right? You read before bed, you feel better, you don't stare at your phone. We all know that staring at our devices right before trying to get restful sleep is a recipe for tossing and turning all night. But sometimes we just need to hear people give us that obvious advice. Buck's advice is something that I've implemented myself. I try to read fiction specifically before bed. And I mean, look, I'm not perfect. Do I find myself scrolling on Instagram reels before bed some nights of the week? Of course I do. But the nights that I don't, The nights that I follow the advice to unplug before bed are my best nights of sleep. And it's helpful. So the advice doesn't have to be astonishing or startling or or really, you know, unique. It can just be something that you need to hear. I asked my listeners and followers on Twitter to submit their own tips for living a better life. I'm trying to keep them kind of small and easy, like the reading before bed one, and not big pieces of advice that we all need but would be harder to implement. These are my three favorites from this week, but keep them coming. Email show at gmail.com or tweet me at carol on X, new Twitter, whatever you want to call it. I'll read some responses on the show and future episodes. So tune in. The number one thing that came up again and again is to get off your phone. I've talked about this one here. I understand it's a challenge, but we all know how much better off we would be if we used our phones less. I've talked about how I take breaks for vacation, but I'm going to make a serious attempt to just be on my phone less. 
I get that it's really tough. And even right now, I'm thinking about all the things that I need to get done on the internet, you know, which would require me using my laptop or my phone. But it's necessary to cut back, and I know it. And I'm going to stop using it for like entertainment when I wait on a line or I'm doing something that I don't want to be doing. Number two is similar, but a little different. Somebody wrote, remember that social media is not real life. Go out and see the world, talk to people, live life in person. I talk about this a lot on here. I think it gets very easy to live your life online, especially if you work from home. Challenge yourself to have one conversation in real life this week. And I don't just mean with your spouse or with your kids. I'll say a conversation has to be three sentences long. So it can't just be nice weather we're having with your neighbor and that's it. Connect with people in real life. Number three is compliment one person a day. Be the kind of person who says nice things to others. It'll make you feel better about yourself too. I promise. Coming up next, an interview with Javier David. Join us after the break. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to The Carol Markowitz Show on iHeartRadio. My guest today is Javier David. Javier is Managing Editor for Business and Markets at Axios. He oversees the markets, macro, and closer newsletters and is an unrepentant Brooklynite, which is how we met when I was one too. Hi, Javier. So great to have you on. Hey, good morning. So I know very little about finance or financial markets, but you're now actually the third financial journalist I've had on, which just means I'm friends with a lot of financial journalists. The other two were John Carney and Mitch Rochelle from Breitbart and Fox Business. 
but it's interesting finance and I love to learn. So where do you see the economy going, you know, in a sort of plain terms for people who don't know a lot about what's going on? Um, yeah, John Carney, incidentally, is one of uh, my former colleagues who worked together at CNBC, a uh, great guy, super smart, um, huge amount of respect for them. Uh, hi, John, if you're listening. Um, but yeah, I'm sure he's listening. <laughs> hopefully he is. Um, I see him all the time on Twitter, but not in, in person. Um, but all that said, uh, yeah, the economy in 2024, um, kind of a puzzle, you know, against all odds. And, and I know this is a sort of controversial thing to say it shouldn't be. But, you know, the economy, the U.S. economy is really in a lot of uh, respects outperformed every other major economy. Um, and we're in an election year and, you know, it's, it's sort of, uh, the economy has become something of a Rorschach test where if you're, you know, whether you're a Democrat or you're a Republican, mm -hmm. it all kind of is skewed based on, um, kind of a, a, or viewed through a partisan lens. Um, and that's unfortunate because, um, you know, you have a jobs market that is really, really strong. Um, after a very long period where workers' wages were stagnant, um, people are earning more, they're earning more or getting more from their employers. That's a good thing. You know, unemployment below 4%, um, that has been, there's a lot of noise surrounding uh, the state of the jobs market because we've had a tremendous amount of layoffs announcements in the, since the start of the year. I mean, a lot of that has been concentrated um, in sectors that kind of overhired during the pandemic, and that would be technology and mm -hmm. also in the field that we're in, which is media. Um, and if you remember, I think 21, 2021, 2022, it seemed like everybody was getting a new job somewhere. Right. Um, um, it was kind of the YOLO economy and everyone yep. was like, hey, I'm going to go, you know, personal news on Twitter like that. You know, <laughs> from mm -hmm. um, you know, it was a really heady time to be uh, a journalist. And, you know, after, you know, you come into this uh, profession and you don't really believe that you're going to make a lot of money and people started getting good money. Um, but now we're kind of overcorrecting for that. What was mm -hmm. in fact sort of an overhiring. Um, but all things considered, the inflation, I think that's what everyone is kind of like the, on the right. front. That's what everyone's talking about. And that's why uh, views about the economy are so skewed, because we are, in fact, paying much more for everything and more than we've paid in a very long time. Um, and the data suggests that we are, in fact, inflation is slowing. Now, slowing is a different animal altogether than falling prices. And mm -hmm. you, know, you have a lower rate of inflation, but prices are still rising. Um, so we kind of call it disinflation, which means that, yeah, inflation is still there. It's still present. It's still a risk. And it's one of the reasons why the Federal Reserve uh, won't kind of commit to cutting rates anytime this year, because there is a real risk that it could pick up again. Um, and those of us old enough to remember guys like, you know, uh, Volcker and Greenspan, mm -hmm. uh, these guys were Federal Reserve chairmen who were committed inflation fighters, and they warned about this stuff all the time, that if you allowed inflation to get out of control, um, it absolutely would, and it would kind of devour everything. So we're coming out of this era or this particular juncture uh, where prices were really, really high, um, but now they're starting to normalize. So again, normalizing is different than falling. Um, which isn't a good thing either because you don't want deflation, um, which is almost as bad as inflation. But what you want is stable prices. And the Fed right. has managed to kind of stick the landing and hiked rates. It's brought inflation sort of under control nominally. Um, and the growth is still there. And, and more importantly, 
anyone that needs a job can find a job. And that the data shows that it's a lot tougher than it was a year ago. Uh, but certainly uh, people can feel confident in the fact that like this isn't place, you know, the economy economy is in a place where people can find jobs, you can earn money. And it's, you know, it's not a disaster. The economy is certainly not falling off a cliff. Where would we first see that inflation go down? Because I, I have not seen, I just, I'm constantly amazed at prices. Like I, you know, I've been blessed to, 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 I haven't, you know, really haven't had a financial downturn in the last few years um, mm. that a lot of people did during the pandemic. Sure. And I am like horrified at a lot of the prices. Um, and I, I just think that it makes me afraid for the future because I just don't see them going down. But you're saying that they may. So where would we feel that or see that first? So we're seeing it. We're starting to see. I think people get the most triggered by grocery prices. And grocery right. prices. I am triggered. <laughs> and, they're, and they're still very high. So yeah. the data says that they're still rising, but at a much more normal rate. Where people are actually starting to see the sticker shock, honestly, is when they go out to eat. Remember mm -hmm. at one point, Yes. Last year, over the last year or so, it was cheaper to eat out than it was to stay at home and eat right. because the prices were so absurd. Mm -hmm. Now we're at this in this particular juncture where the grocery prices are starting to level off. But again, leveling off isn't a different animal than falling. Right. Um, still high, but like moderating. Uh, a lot of the fast food joints are have hiked prices and they're starting to see some pushback from that because people are not eating there as much. Mm -hmm. um, and as a matter of fact, we had a couple of um, uh, fast food uh, operators report earnings just as yeah. we, um, and some of them, you know, were weaker than expected because it's starting to get the data suggests or the numbers suggest that people are not necessarily inclined to just keep paying or coming out of pocket like there, right. there is. my brother was telling me yesterday that mcdonald's is like in collapse and yeah. that's concerning well, McDonald's, <laughs> interestingly, mcdonald's is an interesting story because they mm -hmm. really thrived during the pandemic and you know their um whole sort of shtick is the dollar menu the cheap eats that they've got yeah. the very, great value for their for their you know for what they offer um, and if you're an app user, like it's even better because you kind of accumulate loyalty points, you mm -hmm. get special deals and whatever. Um, so I, I'm a big fan of McDonald's and I love their app and I absolutely love their coffee. Um, but in, in terms of wow. prices, everyone is starting to realize that this isn't just a one way bet. You can't just sort of pass on cost, pass on cost. And the real reason that we have to sort of be um, fair the real reason why we're seeing such um, sort of price inflation is because it costs a lot of these companies a lot more to do business. And so their inputs mm -hmm. like flour, eggs, all of the things that are used to make a meal, yeah. a lot of the prices have skyrocketed. So at some point, there's a willingness for the company to eat some of those costs. But at some point, it's mm -hmm. like it's costing me a lot to put all of this together and I'm going to start passing it on to consumers. Right. Will millennials ever be able to buy a house or are they just going to be eating avocado toast in their, in their rentals uh, for the rest of their lives? Yes. Um, you know, it's, this is a, there's a, a strain of thought that says, you know, you shouldn't deprive. And I've seen this a lot more recently and, I, and I'm of two minds like uh, don't deprive yourself of things that make you feel good. Yeah, um, that that's been my philosophy. For sure, well, yeah, <laughs> my husband doesn't love that, but yeah, that's that's how I live. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing: like, I think we all sort of grew up with this idea that, um, you know, especially for those of us of a certain generation, like, mm -hmm. 
you had to save. Um, every day wasn't, you know, you can treat yourself and like maybe that's every week or once a week or once every two weeks or whatever. Uh, but th there was a limit. Um, and that you kind of had to impose some discipline. You had to live within a budget. Um, nowadays, I think primarily because of the proliferation of social media and things like that, there's a lot of, I don't know, for lack of a better term, peer pressure. People mm -hmm. feel obligated. FOMO or, you know, the, the they call it lifestyle creep. People right. And hey, the U U.S. Money. government does it. So yeah. whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a whole other conversation. But they buy all um, the Starbucks treats. <laughs> yeah. And so the idea of the people are making more money and the data suggests they are wages are going up. So that entails people um, looking and saying, hey, I'm making a little bit more money. Why don't I, you know, I couldn't afford that, you know, $50 caviar lunch before, but now I can, I can afford to go to Vail for mm -hmm. vacation. I can afford to do all of these other things. Um, and that's when it starts to catch up with you. So there's gotta be, I, you know, a balance. Like if you buy and buying a house is a real responsibility, it's a very expensive proposition. And I think people aren't, don't really fully prepare themselves for just how much home ownership involves a lot of money, a lot of responsibility, yeah. a lot of time. Um, it involves like putting down a down payment. And if you've got to put down a down payment and you don't have a rich relative or rich parents or whatever, you're going to have to figure out how to come up with that money by yourself. Mm -hmm. um, mortgage rates being what they are, they've come off seven, eight percent levels, which we saw just several months ago. Um, but it's still not cheap. And housing is still very, very scarce. Affordable housing is still very, very scarce. So you have to look at all of these things and say, eh, like, yeah, I can have my Starbucks or I can have my avocado toast. But I actually do at some point want to own a house um, mm -hmm. and it's not going to be cheap. So I've got to make the sorts of decisions now. Um, you know, when you spend all of these money, all this money regularly, it starts to add up. Right. And not necessarily on avocado toast. If you're, not, uh, you know, <laughs> spending the money you should be using on a down payment. It's the new Vision Pro thing. Like, all right. of these, and if you've got a lot of money on credit cards um, and you're carrying balances, mm -hmm. you're paying interest on it. You're paying a substantial amount of interest. You're paying at least 20% interest. Uh, There's more or less the average APR, and that's at a record high. So all of these things add up. And so they seem in the moment, it's like, okay, it's just $5, $20, whatever. Right, it's not, right. not a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But if you continually do it and you're working toward a financial goal that involves ownership of mm -hmm. a home or a car or whatever it might be, um, these are things that you just have to really weigh in consideration to like where you are now and what you've got available and where you actually want to go. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to send this video to the U.S. government and say, like, hey, Javier says that maybe you shouldn't outspend what you're earning. Just, we'll, you know, we'll all the way thought. Up. Not, yeah, that's that's one of my favorite topics is government spending. But um, we're not, not going to get on that one. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break and be right back on The Carol Markowitz Show. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So switching uh, away from the financial world, a question that I ask all of my guests is, what would you say is our largest societal or cultural problem? And do you think it's solvable? Wow. Um, We've got a lot of societal (laughs) problems. I think... um, I think a lot of I think people blame social media for a lot of things. And I think we do have, you know, a number of challenges. Um, and our our biggest is we're really disconnected. And I think that people attribute it to uh, what's the what's the best way to phrase this? Uh, people think it's individualism, but I don't believe it's individualism. All people wanting to do what they want to do and they're just looking out for themselves. Um, and I don't think that that's really the problem. I just think that people are very not are thoughtless. That's the best way to put it. Like mm-hmm. they're doing things or they're behaving in a way that just, they're not really considering not only themselves, but kind of like the domino effect of what they do like in the future and how that impacts, you know, future decision and future availability, um, future, you know, the resources Yeah. And in a lot of way, it, you know, we, this, the, what we see on social media playing out on Twitter or, or Instagram on any given day, is really a function of the fact that we are very disconnected from ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think people are trying their best to fill a void and they're just getting it all wrong. And a lot of it is, you know, expressed in, you know, consumerism and the, and the, the craziness that we see on Twitter and social media. And it's all a symptom of just something that's really, really um, deeply ingrained. And that people really are struggling to try and reconcile themselves with or compensate for. Mm. And do you think it's solvable? Is this something that we can fix? You know, I I, I want to call myself an optimist, um, but, you know, I, I see things just jumping the rails every day. Like you, 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 you. I'm, a, I'm, an, I'm, I'm more of a realist than I am optimistic. And it's one of those things, as, as, as cliche as it might sound, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. And I think mm. that people, um, we have to hit rock bottom. And apparently, I don't think we're there yet. And everything I might think we are sort of at rock bottom. Um, things get a little worse. Uh, and, and so 
all of that said, like, I just, I, I feel like we need to stop placing so much in order for things to get better. We need to stop placing so much um, faith or emphasis in politics or the political system. Mm. People are looking for some sort of like, you know, Superman or Superwoman or people that were to redeem themselves or redeem how they feel about their circumstances. And that's the wrong way to look at it. Like, and when we're electing government officials, we're not electing our best and we're certainly no, we're not, not. <laughs> we're, no um we're not electing our best and we're we're kind of like imbuing them with this power or some mm -hmm. sort of thing we kind of want them to govern a certain way or govern over us and like we you know we're, we 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 used to govern ourselves these people work for us when you elect right. them they're supposed to be making decisions on our behalf and they're supposed to be like accountable to us. And in a lot of ways it's not working out that way. And I think that that's part of an expression of the whole disconnect and, and, and the fact that people are yearning for something, but are like putting it in all of putting the emphasis on all the wrong things and all the wrong people. I normally end with this question, but this seems like a natural segue here is what's your best tip for my listeners on how they can improve their lives? Get off the computer every once in a while. Just mm -hmm. close the phone, close the laptop, go out, go to a movie. I go to the movies every week. Um, really? You're a Brooklynite, and you know you know where the Nighthawk is. The oh, Nighthawk yeah. every, week. Uh -huh. every week. They have great retro movies. Like, I'm going to see Shaft next week. Mm. Um, I saw Mommy Dearest there a few, weeks, uh, a few months ago. Um, I really enjoy the movies and I really enjoy going to the movies as strange as it sounds by myself. I just kind of like sitting in the movie theater and it's dark and you got your popcorn yeah. and your food. If you go to a place like the Nighthawk, they serve cocktails, they serve a full menu. It's really cool. And it's like, and I'm in walking distance. So often, most of the time I end up walking there, riding my bike, getting fresh air and sort of unplugging from the matrix that we've all con you know, convinced mm -hmm. ourselves that we need to um participate and partake in every day and give hot takes and it's on twitter right. or it's on instagram <laughs> or whatever it's like give it all a rest like you know give yourself give your like your mind a break what would you be doing if you were not a financial journalist what was the plan b for javier um believe it or not i really wanted to be a lawyer at one point wow um, i'm glad never i forget that <laughs> So the, 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 the Cliff Snows version of my life is I graduated from high school, went straight to the military. Mm. I was a paralegal in the army. Um, I got exposed to law that way. And I was like, wow, this is great. I want to do this. And I graduated. So I, once I got out of the military, I went right to college. I blasted my way through college, double majored in economics and politics. And I minored in English lit. And my whole idea was I was going to, you know, leverage that to go to law school, but then I was like, wow, it's a three-year commitment and it's mm. so expensive. And so I got a master's degree instead. Um, I kind of stumbled into financial journalism, but I was actually, you know, once upon a time gearing myself or preparing myself for a career in law. Wow. I, I really would not have guessed that. I feel like you might have missed your calling with voiceover work. You have this great voice and it's so soothing. I could like listen to you, you know, tell me about financial markets and... <laughs> So, it's, not, it's not Shakespeare, but it's, it, it, it keeps the bills. Hey, I, I believe in you. I think you could totally do Shakespeare. <laughs> I used to love Shakespeare. I was, I was a big Shakespeare fan. I could see that. Yeah. And I could see you, you know, on a stage, like it's just something to consider, you know. Yeah. Well, it's never too late, as they say. Right. Do you feel like you've made it? 
Um, no, I, I feel like making it is um, a misnomer. I, it's almost like misleading in a lot of ways. It's like, you know, you never stop learning and you should never stop growing. Um, and I think that once you have, like, that's a real danger. Yeah. Um, I am firmly of the belief that like, you know, I don't know what make it looks like. And I think that a lot of ways, like a lot of us look to people with a lot of money and a lot of power and famous and it's like, wow, like I want that. And you don't necessarily, those folks have a lot of problems. I don't necessarily, I wouldn't want to be Elon Musk for all the, for all the money and the billions that he has. Um, I wouldn't right. want, I, 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 I probably. Or Taylor Swift. I, I just, I always think like Swift. such a tough life. It, it really is. And I feel firmly that money, a lot of money just turns people into animals and the proximity to it, people just feel like they have to have it or they have to ingratiate themselves with people that have it so that they can get some of it. Um, it, you know, corrodes your morality, it can corrodes your sense of self. Um, and it's not a good thing. And I would, you know, just, I've always said to myself, I, I just want to live comfortably and I do live comfortably and I'm like, I'm grateful and I'm thankful for like the life that I have and the decisions that I've made and the fact that, you know, my bills are paid. I can come see my mom in Miami. Um, mm-hmm. Most importantly. In Tampa. <laughs> I can go hang out in West Palm Beach sometimes even. Yes. Um, but <laughs> but um, yeah, I just, I, I, I have think... to correct you though. We saw each other on Palm Beach. <laughs> yes. The people yeah. on Palm Beach um, do not like yeah. when you call Palm Beach, my, West Palm Beach. <laughs> my, my, I, as I said, my, my, my knowledge of Florida gets a little fuzzy over, over around Fort Lauderdale. Right. I, I went to high school. <laughs> In Miami, so I'm like mm-hmm. South, very South Florida oriented, but like everything past Fort Lauderdale starts to get a little blurry. Yeah, well, I, I love that advice. You know, get off the internet, and I, I you know, I talk about that on the show a lot. Um, touch grass, live your life, love it. Thank you so much for coming on, Javier. Love talking to you, and we'll hopefully talk to you again soon. Definitely. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for joining us on the Carol Markowitz Show. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.